Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi there, my, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Worst Idea of All Time podcast hosted by Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery. We've just watched... Are you reading off a script? F8, yeah, yeah, this is all scripted. <laughs> Why have you got your phone out? I've scripted my half of the podcast the whole time. The <laughs> fact you've so never noticed is an affront to decency. You've never done this before. I have. I just learned it. Every other time I've learned it, but this time I didn't have time to learn my lines. Wow. So I'm, yeah. Okay. Can you believe how well our conversations sync up, given that mine are all scripted? You mean you're not scripting your half? <laughs> anyway, listen, folks, huge episode because we have an incredibly special guest joining us. Please put your podcast ears, arms and legs together for Justin McElroy. Hey, wow, what an honor. I can't believe it. I'm on a video. You're on a video. <laughs> it's finally well, happened. Get your head around this. You're also on a podcast. I... I know. I've done that before. This has got to be my eighth or ninth podcast I've done. I've done lots of podcasts. But the video? Come on. Huge. First time. So Tim and I have watched The Fate of the Furious. Is this on TV? Are my parents watching this right now? Is this on TV? Yeah, you know how. Are my parents seeing this? You're on television. Yeah. You're broadcasting worldwide. They call you Mr. Worldwide. (laughs) Pitbull got the idea for his name from you. I. So we've watched it for the sixth time. What I want to know, Justin, first of all, how are you? Ugh, I'm, I'm well. I mean, I'm thrilled. I just watched the, the film and I'm, I'm feeling pumped, feeling, feeling ready to talk about it. How we- many times have you seen it? This, is, this, this would have been my third watch of eight. And did, is that um, across the entire span of your life or is that since you found out you were going to be on the podcast? <laughs> No, that's been across the span of my life. So my my uh, uh, wife and I, Sydney, uh, Dr. McElroy, as she insists I call her, um, <laughs> we actually do a, for the Max Fun, our, our podcasting network for the Max Fun Drive, we do a bonus podcast just for that drive as a bonus material 
uh, call where we have gone through each of the Fast and Furious movies. Mm. It's called uh, Fat. Yeah, it's called Fast and Furious and Justin and Sydney. So I've watched the um, I've watched this once for pleasure, right? Just as a fan. Yeah. And then I rewatched it with my wife, and then I watched it uh, today. I will say. This is a hundred percent the soberest I've ever watched a Fast and Furious movie, <laughs> hands down. Wow. Mid afternoon, you know, turkey wrap. Like that's the viewing we're talking about. If that if that it's paints a, a yeah, picture, yeah, yeah, it's a healthy screening. How, what, what was your screening experience, guy? Uh, mine was it was healthy, I suppose, with respect to sobriety. I was uh, in the same family as Justin. It was not your midday screening. Uh, this was a a late night screening. That took me to uh, Russia, all the way to Russia. I said, I'm going to watch this movie until Russia. Yeah. And then as soon as the gang went to Russia, I said, I'll see you guys in the morning. And um, <laughs> then I got up at six o'clock and I rejoined them still in Russia. Oh, and wow. then we spent, you know, as always, what felt like an interminable amount of time <laughs> dealing with these. I mean, we're not even really dealing with these pesky Ruskies. Can you say that? You probably can't say that. Right now, I think you can get away with pretty much whatever <laughs> on that front. Yeah, I, I, the and the sense of dread, you know, just to, to quickly just to to frame the mental state that I was entering this watch with the the, the sense of dread was uh, the highest it's been this season. Mm. And my memories of first watching this this eighth film and the joy that I derived from it couldn't have been further from mine. I uh, so you really had a bad time. I had with a this. bad time. Oh man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm so sorry about the bad what, did time. You, did you have a good time? I had, I had the worst time. Yeah, great. <laughs> I had the worst time I've ever had. I I had uh, I went into I started the screening um, not having slept for like forty hours or thirty eight hours at that Jesus. point. Jesus. And and I I'm a li- I can feel myself were, getting a little bit sick. Is that because you were so excited to see it? You just I couldn't, couldn't sleep. Yeah, sleepless just so nights. So adrenalized. Um, leading up to this. And, and I was in bed and we got to Russia and I almost did what you did, but I was like, no, nah, the morning's going to be fucking chaos. It's not going to, it's not, not going to happen. So I just, I just stayed up and watched it. And, um, to be honest, pretty proud of myself for staying awake. Yeah. It was hard. And Zoe watched the first bit of it with me. Oh, Chelsea actually saw some of the movie, uh, this time as well. First time. What does Sydney make of this film? Cause obviously you guys have watched the whole dang franchise. It's hard to differentiate between the movies. You guys have much clearer <laughs> lines. From my perspective, Fast and the Furious is a 16-hour-long action epic with that leaves your mind the moment you step away from it. You guys yeah. probably have a, a clearer uh, appreciation of these films than I do because regularly we would be watching a movie that we watched. I mean, we separated once we caught up. We were separating each episode by a year, so it's like, absolutely no idea who anybody mm. is what has happened why anything is is anybody um that must be quite the thrill i can't imagine you guys finding out the story behind uh uh will <laughs> brian that must have been quite a delight for you all i know that was some what? source of consternation through the ninth film. Uh, it's, yeah it, yeah it is difficult in that uh introduction to for us to little brian is also the introduction to little brian's mother um, you know, right. there, are, there is still quite a lot of backstory to be colored in for us to truly grasp the context. The of, more questions we answer, the more opposed to us in this franchise as we unpack yeah. all of these plot lines and characters. It's very tricky. Can you, even, even though you consider these all to be, 
I mean, and you're not miles away. Vin Diesel uh, sort of referenced these in the same breath as um, Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings is like of course, a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. huge sort of mythology. I know that it's all blurred into one, but where does this particular film rank in your pantheon of fast films? Uh I mean, I'll be honest, guys. I had a heck of a time. Yeah, <laughs> I had a I had a hoot watching this one. I, I for me, I think this might be the peak. Sorry, uh, this might be the peak in terms of the camp matching the the action matching the melodrama, like finding like the best balance. Um, a lot of great. Uh, I, I tell you what I like what I like about this one. I had a realization while I was watching this film when at the bit after zombie cars, when they all shoot his cars with spears. Yeah. Rope <laughs> spears. And Can then they you all explain crash that in. scene a little bit, Justin? Because I'm not sure if we've ever sort of picked apart what that is. And visually, it's quite the spectacle. Well, um, well you talked about the zombie cars, right? Cypher uh, hijacks a bunch of cars yeah. to fight. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, uh, in an attempt to like stop Dom without destroying him, several and again, again the choreography is a little bit money in my head, but um, they got shot. They shoot him with like harpoon harpoons yeah. tied to ropes and basically try to like much like a um, a giant being attacked by Lilliputians attempt to like t- <laughs> take his car down by tying it up with chains. And of course, he he can't be stopped by these conventional means. And I was watching this and I realized like. I I I cannot feel anything from cars. Uh, cars can't make me feel anything. I can't oh, wow. watch them smash around and race. It's kind of like when I was watching Top Gun Maverick in the theater by myself, and I realized like 30 minutes in, like I don't care about planes. I can't. <laughs> I'm not excited about planes. Uh, I don't really feel anything had, for the planes. How did you have such a good time watching this film in spite of that? Well, fact? because there's a lot of really fun. Like fight choreography, you know what True. I mean. Like, there's a lot of fun. I mean, the uh, the plane scene with the baby, Grand yeah. Slam, obviously huge. The, Are you a the, Statham um, man? Do you like Statham? Oh yeah, I think he brings a lot to this frame. I think it's hard without without Statham around to. I mean, he really amps up the fun. Yeah, he gets the tone exactly. He understands, you know, exactly what he's doing in there. Uh, just about as well as Dame Helen Mirren. <laughs> Uh, understands her, her role in, in the film. What a delight she, she was as well. She really does. Watch. And when, so Charles just happened to see a, a part of the film which bridged the gap between seeing Charlize Theron on camera and then also Helen Mirren in the next scene. And she said that, uh, she said, this movie is punching, which is like a colloquial turn of phrase. I don't know if you have it in America for punching above its weight. Like she was disgusted ah, right, at the yes. idea that these actors would insert themselves into this project. So he was, this was so, so funny. So we're watching the start and so he was like, Hey, this is, this is not bad. Cause we watched the beautiful Cuba scene and the race and the race is like good fun while Dom's trying to protect his cousin against the loan shark. And then um, we got as far as the bit where Shalice Theron turns up and, uh, Zoe looked at this character of Cypher. She was like, oh, my God, those blonde dreads are a lot. And I was like, yeah, you're going to lose your mind when you see who it is. And she was like, who is that? I was like, I'm not going to tell you. And we waited and waited. And then she took off her glasses. I was like, huh? She was like, I don't know who that is. Wow. And I, I mean, said, it's Charlize Theron. She said, no, it isn't. It is. But that's a testament to how it deep is. Charlize has disappeared yeah. into the character of Cypher. Zoe's <laughs> words were she was more... Oh, wait. Yeah, I think she said this last night. I'm in a bit of a haze because uh, of the sleeplessness. But she said she was more recognizable in Monster than she is in this film. 
I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I I had to learn the term punching because someone used it to describe uh, my own personal marriage on the stream <laughs> with my wife. So that, was, that was a great, that was good fun. Um, <laughs> I, I really, I, uh, yeah. Fellas are always described as punching. Uh, do, you think, do, do any of us think that any of our partners have ever been told by their friends or God, anyone no. that they are punching? God, no. Look at us, guys. Look at us. <laughs> they, <laughs> look at, us. Look at how be, we're spending our, they've all our settled. years. This is like the this is the gap in aspirations for us. You know, we're so lucky. And for them, it's like this is the best version of the worst possible outcome. <laughs> <laughs> um I had uh, I had a lot of uh, uh, a, a lot of moments in this in that I think eight nails the camp without uh, having to like make a big production out of it. For example, early in Cuba, the scene where Dom casually rips a car apart with his bare hands. They, they don't have to make. He's not acting like it's hard, and we're he not. No one reacts off. to it. He's just, and then he takes the hood off and throws it away. He yep. he just rips a car apart. Yeah, his bare hands. Um, and and but, with no strain casually. being exerted whatsoever, yeah. as well. Like he just no. sort of like taps on a part, and it'll just like a door will fly off. It's crazy. And no, no one is in awe of him doing it. And by the it's way, a, the reason why he's doing it is he's trying to reduce the weight to the absolute maximum so that the car will go as fast as it can for this impending street race. I would suggest. <laughs> The heft of the driver is probably yeah. going to make a bit of an impact there. You know, obviously, we all accept. I mean, there's that thing you get told when you're a child that muscle weighs more than fat yeah. or something. Yeah. Isn't there mm. something about the way Vin Diesel carries himself which suggests that Vin Diesel's muscle weighs more than muscle? Like, there's a, there's a <laughs> yeah, ratio where, yeah, like it, there's a granite sort of quality to just the way he carries himself. Yeah. And he's not, he's not very like um, flexible whatsoever. I'd love to see him in a yoga class. He, I would knew, he knows his angles, and he sticks to them, and I yeah. celebrate that. What Anybody are, who's on camera that much. What are his angles? Just the like he he's got to keep his shoulders up around his head. <laughs> or he's got weird he's got weird slopes. He doesn't want to reveal to anybody, so it has to be like this. And the other angle that he can always do is turned away from you, and then looking back. <laughs> that's the, that's the that's the classic vid, right? The look away. He does it. He he refuses to be shot directly. He has to always be looking over his shoulder in a scamp that's, scamp like fashion. It's high drama. Um, and also, like that's a good angle. No one looks good being shot straight on. I think. Yeah, you know? and he understands that. He um, understands that as an executive producer of the Fast and Furious franchise. Did you? He, he gets it. Did when they started doing the Haka, the um, the soccer team, the little girl soccer team at the start, Justin. Did you know that that was like a New Zealand thing? Uh, how do you mean? So that that performance that they do, the the performative dance where they're doing the chant and they're doing what appears to be kind of an aggressive like um, set of moves and stuff to the other team. That's called a haka, which is indigenous to New Zealand. That's a Maori thing. And because mm -hmm. uh, Zoe lost her shit. And it reminded me that we do not talk about it very often, but it's a pretty wild thing yeah. that is just in this movie. Is an uh, indigenous performance by this like American a, little girl soccer team. I assumed it's, it, it was derived from The Rock's cultural background. It felt like something The Rock just brought to the table. Well, The, um, Rock, the Rock is aware of New Zealand. and so He lived here. He, oh, I keep right. telling you, he, you yeah, don't believe me. I don't believe you. He lived here. As a kid. He lived in Auckland. You guys didn't watch Hobbs and Shaw yet, right? Not yet. I've seen I went, okay. I saw it. much is much is made like that that is a that that sort of idea of him bringing his own culture to the film 
that's very deeply represented in Hobbs and Shaw. It's a great deal of fun. Speaking of Hobbs and Shaw, this is an ancillary to the broader conversation, but I was doing a bit of digging around the edges to see, because I, I know, everyone knows Vin and The Rock have beef, but I was trying to find details of Tyrese Gibson's beef with The Rock. And Ty, <laughs> sent me the Tyrese Gibson day. posted the most unbelievably petty Instagram after Hobbs and Shaw got released in cinemas. He, like, the... I've got to read out Hobbs the exact Shaw caption. bad numbers. Relatively at the box office. This is what Tyrese Gibson posted after Hobson Shaw's box office numbers came out. He said, and I quote. Guy's going back on script. He's yeah, got his phone out. I'm back on script. That's right. Uh, oh, my God. Give it to me. I have to show my respects for one thing. He tried. <laughs> Folks called me a hater and attacked me for speaking out. Breaking up the family clearly doesn't have the value that one... <laughs> would assume it does you know what maybe just maybe oh no the caption cuts off anyway <laughs> basically he just started throwing shade at the rock saying you thought you could do it on your own but you can't family's bigger than the rock yeah you're a big movie star but fuck you fuck that's good where are you on the kind of vin rock thing justin because we've had some you know, uh differing opinions with our guests on you this. know it all it all makes me sad um i'd love <laughs> to see these two talents back in the in the ring for one more go uh i know that we all of us uh, in the Fast and Furious fan community would love that. Um, so I hope they can work it out. They both have huge muscles. Um, and, <laughs> and we want to see I both. think that they would have a lot in common. That's so what, that's it takes, what, I will say it's wild for Tyrese to, suggest, to decide, like, I'm going to pick a lane, and it's this one, this one franchise, not The Rock, who is himself a franchise as a human being. Yes. Uh, I, I think that is wild to take an unprompted swing at The Rock. I, it seems unwise, I, but uh, I like sure. it. So, it's not unproblem. I like it so much because all of the the actual source material for this beef that exists is so like banal and petty. If you do, if you amplify just a workplace disagreement because someone stacked the dishwasher wrong, yeah, and like we're posting on Instagram being like Cheryl's a candy ass because she fucking doesn't put the cutlery in the right way, yeah, which is basically what happened. And the, I mean, I guess it. It's also inside of the marketing machine, right? Like that's intriguing as a punter. You want to that's see them. True. You want to see the movie that made these two, as you say, Justin, men with seemingly so much in common with respect to being it bald does, it, and muscly. It's so it's so wild that Tyrese made that choice. It makes me think that, like, there was the intervention of an agent or manager there who was like, "Listen, we can make a lot of headlines. Really get you in the news here. I know." High risk, high reward. Just take an unprompted crack at the rock. Just, just the rock fire one off the hip, Tyrese. Dwayne Johnson has not been above the fray either because he, he sent a message out um, calling out Vin Diesel very directly. And a lot of his male co-stars. Last week of production, he called him, he called him a candy ass. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, positively wow. scathing. It was full on. And i I got to be honest, I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama. I love this stuff. Yeah. It's so zero stakes, but so funny to watch going on. Just these millionaires kind of having yeah. a silly fight about who's going to be in charge of the, the magical it's, flying it's, well, cars it's, this it's time. All, it's all tethered to masculinity, right? It's all about like who who's gets the, the fairest representation from what they imagine masculinity to be to like what translates on camera. <coughs> That's it the competition. Reads, as being um, as fragility, there's some very fragile uh, minds and egos going on here. I think, and I think that's fun. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you notice that on reality TV a lot. We watch a lot of like dating 
you know, we put hot people on an island and yeah. let them hump. And we watch a lot of that kind of stuff to at night just to unwind. And uh, anytime a huge muscly dude gets jilted, he is reduced to like he can't handle it because that one thing about being very strong. <laughs> It's like his whole thing. Yeah. So like when that is challenged at all, it's just the fragility is just like absolutely toxic. And it's it's fun to it's fun to watch that in a reality TV show. It's even more fun when you get a whole publicity apparatus to rally around right. you and play this thing out in the in the trades as well. I'm it's a yeah. good time. I'm, I'm very fragile too. What would be your, mm. if I was to, um, me and my agent would to team up and be like, hey, I need to get some headlines. Let's talk yes. some shit tell about God, guy. Tell Tim your greatest weakness. You want, what's your, right, what's your, your greatest weakness? Uh, why am I, why am I doing heel? the work for you and your whole publicity department? I'm not going to do it. It's a fun <laughs> thing to, to play around with. I probably won't do it. Uh, guy Montgomery. Guy, um, I don't know what you could say really. You could say guy is out. He's all out of ideas. You oh, say that. that be, you say oh. guy. Guy has no new insights on the Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh man, you'd be devastated by that. But just like he's he's lost the ability to critically analyze film, basically would would absolutely level me. Did you, do you believe you had an ability to criti- critically <laughs> analyze film? This is why it's a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would probably, you would almost certainly be the world's single film critic that hadn't seen any of the Star Wars movies with Godfather. Yeah, on principle, <laughs> you got to work. He's your, our most principled film critic. You got to, you got to work your way up to those. Not just anyone should be allowed to watch. You should. There should be. There is such a good <laughs> rationale. You have to climb yeah. your way it's to like the top. It's like the food pyramid. It's the pyramid of cinema. You watch all this fucking <laughs> schlock at the bottom. You almost, you and your uh, you and your pal there have also proven that you're among the few people on earth that like are bad at watching movies. Like you actually do it in- <laughs> incorrect. So few people do. You guys are, are bad at watching movies. Uh, but you it's do cool. it wrong. It's cool. <laughs> hey, fuck you. I don't tell you about how you watch movies. We do That's it right. right. We work our way up. When I'm 80, I'm going to be uncorking several classics. And I'll be senile. I won't know what I'm watching. But I'll be able to appreciate that it's earned. I also I know we've moved past it, but that is also not how the food pyramid works. Because okay. it's like well, the healthy yeah. stuff is at the bottom. <laughs> well, that's what they said. But the bottom was all... The bottom was all grain. The bottom was all... Bro, bread is so good for you, though. Is it? The jury's been out on bread the whole time I've been alive. They're like, have some bread. And then you have bread and they go, oh, Whoa, you've, not been eating, the bread. you've not been eating bread, have you? In America, <laughs> your guy's bread is like, it's all sugar. You know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pure pure sugar. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys, we're, you guys aware. Buy, we're aware. We're, we're okay. <laughs> you buy bread? What Do I buy bread? Yeah, is what that the question for the podcast? Yeah, it's a fucking yeah, question. Yeah, man, I buy, I buy, I buy bread. I give it to my kids to keep them quiet. They love the stuff. White hey, bread. Justin McElroy, what's your favorite kind of bread? You got a favorite bread? My favorite kind of bread. I love a brioche. Love that sweet. Yeah, it's good. sweeter than regular bread, and that's great. Because yeah. sometimes <laughs> the normal the normal bread doesn't hit anymore. So I need something <laughs> with a little bit more stink. Um. 
<laughs> I, hey, I wanted to, can I ask some questions about the movie? Because this is, but you guys get to talk about it so much. Justin, we're currently talking about bread. I would yeah. love for you to throw it's some It's funny to uh, have a question on and realize so clearly we have completely different agendas. <laughs> uh, how would you, how have you guys handled, because I struggled with this during our show, um, the role of butt women in the films? Because oh, wow. it is as close to like, a visual trademark, like it, you are legally mandated to have mm. one of these movies to early on have have shots of butt women to a point where the movie doesn't even seem to enjoy it anymore, but they yeah. realize they do have to. And of course, there's a hierarchy of butt women. We all understand that the and then there, whoever is the leader of them who's worked the way up gets to be the one that holds the napkin that makes the race go. Yeah. But it is in every one of the movies. And I'm curious how you guys have handled the well, discussion of of that uh that visual trademark of the films. Yeah, Joseph Moore brought this up as well. And I think when he asked about the butt woman, we were like, what you don't see any actual butts. He was like, you guys are out of your fucking minds. Yeah. But cuz we started at 9. <laughs> I mean, there's no hole. <laughs> so I, yeah. I can agree. That's what we yeah, don't I mean, get, no right? Hole. Like, yeah. I didn't see an anus. This so, I mean, it's not even so. this We to be honest, we've only seen two of these movies and um we, we don't had, know what the patterns we've, are. We had to be told about the butts. Okay. The, oh, the yeah. I guess it wouldn't be as obvious to you. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Cuba uh, as well. I feel like, yeah, we're going to Cuba. I want to see some butts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Cuba. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go to Cuba uh, and not see an ass. The, you know, we got coffee and sugar and uh, classic 1950s American cars and butts. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's, yeah, what's, a, what's your read on the butts? Are you pro uh, or against? I mean, I, I think they could probably do without, you know, at some point you have to let go of this sort of thing i mean i used to go to trade shows a lot where there were a lot of like uh i think they were, they were often referred to as glamour models uh mm -hmm. there on the show floor that has been uh lessened over time i think that if we're ready for a movie a fast movie without uh butt women or if i could be so bold yeah yeah about some butt people you know uh, <laughs> how I'm about it? it i would i'm not, ready I mean, i'm ready I, i'll tone i'll start toning now for flevin I would like the the McElroys should <laughs> Flevin return of the butt. It's uh, really this good. could be the new Trolls Two campaign. Yeah, get yeah, Justin's get ass on Flevin. <laughs> um, I like that Dom is. It must have been a relief to see Dom having fun for that first five minutes of the movie. Oh my he seems god, to be, he's he's smiling. Yeah, he's enjoying himself. It lights um, the whole thing on fire. It's a yeah, literally. Um. And I, I do also love his Cuban look, uh, which I, I would be curious if you guys have talked about a lot. The man's wearing pure white, which is a huge, yeah. bold choice for a man who lives such a high-performance lifestyle. I mean, He's this an guy's getting into mechanic. a lot. Of, yeah. I, pour, he, I for forced starters, on the, yeah. the file thing when they're using God's eye to trace him, and it says occupation, auto mechanic. And that is someone generally who will not wear white. For no, obvious yeah, reasons. You so maybe so. this is Even, the first chance he's had to go to wear what, what his heart desires, which is head to toe ivory. That's like a that's hustler's mindset for Dom to still identify as an auto mechanic when he is clearly like you know an international espionage master. But in his head, he's like, I'm still just that auto mechanic who came up to you know East Los Angeles. Like that's incredible. No that's, matter that's which why he day, can do his, what he can do. No matter which day, way his day is going to go, though, 
white is the wrong choice for Dom. If he's going to get right, out so and rip some car, rip rip some cars apart, do some mechanic stuff, bad choice. If the government calls him up to do some work, bad choice, you know? It gets it gets it's tough out there. You could pee pants once and that's it for Dom. No one takes him seriously anymore. True. He's he's That's a good point. Okay, first of all, He's not gonna pee in his pants. He might. He's not gonna pee his pants. He, he, might. he might. It was so. It was so. It looks so cold in Russia. I would absolutely pee my pants. Now he wasn't wearing white at that point. Fair, fair dinkum. But hold on, Justin. Is this? as you? <laughs> he would pee his pants to keep himself warm. Absolutely, everyone on that shoot pee their pants to keep no, themselves warm. No question. That, is, that can't be a true survival thing because it would freeze. It would become cold. It would feel good for a second. Well, we're going to have to get a certain senator on our show to ask them because um, <laughs> <laughs> if my if my Bim Bam knowledge is up to date, I think Ted Cruz is the expert on this. Ah. Yeah, he pees his pants because he likes the wet, warm feel. Um, uh, another <laughs> another thing, I'm just going to get keep going through my highlights of this film because see, see it with fresh eyes. Um he at uh, when he's talking to Cipher, she, when she's detailing his schedule, <laughs> this killed me. She's detailing his schedule, and at yeah. one point she says, "Do you need to go get your two Cuban coffees?" And it's like, "Hey, wait, you're in Cuba." <laughs> it's just, I think it's just coffee. Right? That, right? that exchange is. Oh yeah, that's a good point. That exchange is so lame because she's. I think the point of that scene is she's like, "I'm a hacker. I've socially engineered the situation to get you to come to this exact spot and ask me if I need help with my car." And I wore sunglasses so you wouldn't recognize me. And yeah. To her credit, it fucking worked. But she's yeah, like, this oh, you didn't work notice a- that you had to walk down a different street today to get your Cuban coffee black, one sugar, right? It's like, that's a pretty common order. That's not that specific. <laughs> Make it more specific. If you're trying to nail home the point that you've been tracking this yeah. guy and putting him on a specific pathway Stirred to you. Stirred with an uncut cigar. Just one thing yeah, that's to actually cool. make it seem Reference authentic. the fucking single long-stemmed rose that he's got hanging out of his baguette bag. Again, that's very, more specific. very quick aside, we've criticized the sunglasses and the costume for not being that good of a disguise, but it didn't just fool Dominic Toretto in the world of the movie. Movie. It fooled a doctor. Yeah, that's true. That's Your true. Wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we couldn't see without the glasses, though, as well. She took her glasses off. She still wasn't on board. That's how powerful the dreads are. Wow. I, I, I have never walked around with a paper bag with a baguette extending from the top, but that just looks like the absolute height, doesn't it? Doesn't that 100%. seem like? And they are absolutely trying to commit, like, this guy's fucking figured it out. Guys, look at this baguette emanating from the top of this baguette. After, sorry, but after F9, like nine times of F9, F81, that guy and I have been through, if I've done my math right, he's been so angry and sad and devoid of emotion. And to see this motherfucker turn up in whites mm. with a baguette hanging out of a bag, Maximum holiday mode. Couldn't get more he's, holiday mode. I was so happy. For he's him. on his honeymoon. Yeah. This is why he's in white. This is why he's in a great mood. I got to say, I don't think I've had a baguette poking out of a bag with other things. I've carried a baguette in my hand inside of a paper bag. Have you done that? Yeah, but like no one. I mean, I I don't look. I just look like I'm buying a baguette. That's not a delight. You know what I mean? Like I'm not having a delightful time. The baguette so has a- to emanate. From the back, from this there's, a diff- this, there's a difference. There's a difference between carrying there's a, difference, a single absolutely. Yeah, there's a difference. Absolutely. I, yeah. My imagining is it's actually quite unwieldy. And you know what? It's one of those things that looks a lot better than it is. It's probably rolling off your shoulder. It's probably tearing, mm. fraying the top edge of the paper bag. Yeah. 
That is embarrassing. Yeah, if it splits the bag with its incredible crust, <laughs> that would be that would be rough. What else? Okay, what the if fuck that, is it with this episode and bread? If that happens to Dominic Toretto, the b- baguette splits that paper bag he's carrying through Cuba. What else falls out? What's he got in there? You, he, it rip, it falls out. He's so sad he pees his pants. <laughs> that's, it, that's it. That's the game. That's the game. Well, over. Yeah, if you and see luckily, him, and then luckily he bends over the to pick it up. He splits his pants. He's got. Yeah. He's got. And that's how we get our butt person. Yeah. It's Vin's butt. He bends down to put on some adult nappies, which he carries around. That's the secret of the Fast and Furious franchise. Dominic Toretto wears adult nappies. Man. Um. Yeah. <laughs> he's allowed. Yeah, I saw yeah, criticism. Allowed, sure, at his age, I just think it's, I, <laughs> you go ahead. It's weird that uh, in the in the race in that in that fun early race uh, that someone throws a motorcycle at his car, isn't it? That seems in- yeah. inefficient. It seems like there's cheaper ways to get that done. There's other heavy 100%. stuff, right? Other than a motorcycle that you have. It does look cool though to use a whole Looks vehicle cool. as a projectile, which is something yeah. that they return to with the zombie cars. But yeah, to, it's a, it is a wildly inefficient way to slow down someone in a race is to just sacrifice your own motorcycle. But God damn it, Justin McElroy, if it doesn't look very cool, it's great. It looks in, great. In, yeah, infinite resource of vehicles for all the characters in these films. Yeah. So like Dodge, Vin's Dodge Charger gets so beat up in that final sequence when he he clears the submarine and it falls prey to the explosion. Like it it, it gets lit up in the air, it rotates. It's a it's a write off, but it reappears in F nine. Yeah, I feel like he just it's like the ship of Theseus. He probably grabs the number plate and then gets a new charger and just fucking. Just be glad that you're not forced to watch like a. Uh, a, a reintroduction of the car in every single film, like a hero shot of the, we fixed this up for you. We thought you could use it in uh, your yeah. adventures. Like that they could just kind easily of assume be that, a benchmark yeah, of the Yeah, of the you, don't the, uh, you don't need the you don't need the 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 backstory. It's just you know they it's fixed magic. it. Right. <laughs> it's better. Justin, I yeah. need to ask you this: What was your shining anything. light of the movie? What did, what was a part of this film? The whole thing. Seems like the whole thing was enjoyable that for you this ge- guy. Yeah, but you got to pick a specific bit that you ge- you genuinely were thrilled to see on this your third watch of F eight of the film. <sighs> um, <laughs> there's a lot that's really good in the in that in the in the zombie car sequence early on. The zombie c- car hits a cop, and the cop falls over the car in such a bizarre way that he c- he continues to maintain diagonal lines. Yeah, but he just sort of like like a Tetris block, kind of like he- rotates over the car. It's bizarre. It's like halfway between he ragdolls, but he is also uh, um, weirdly stiff. And to me, yes. that reads as like every time I see that, I'm like, that guy got fucked up. Like that <laughs> yeah. guy got absolutely demoed by that vehicle. Yeah. He's. I hope he's dead, to be honest, because the damage that would do to your your hip and spine. Like, undeniably, he'd be a quadriplegic if he lived. I, I think the realization that I had in this, in this film that delighted me, and, it, and this is a, it really hammers home in the Jason Statham sequence but in the, on the plane, but um, the people who made this movie, I'm sure there were parents among them, but they do not know how any of that stuff worked. I mean, none <laughs> of it. For starters, she didn't name the baby. Yeah, she just she no. just didn't name this dude. In the Fast and Furious universe, it's very important the dad names the baby. 
I love yeah, Zetas that and is Rogue. One of our, that's our culture. That's our heritage yeah. in the universe. Um, and then later on, Dom, a new dad. So, I mean, fair enough. Maybe he doesn't understand how one feels about being a parent. But he tells Cypher, you should kiss my son. And it's like, you probably don't want this bad person to do that yeah <laughs> not, that doesn't sound as threatening as you maybe want it to like please go kiss my baby son it is a weird Give him line a little tickle i kind of get like they sort of justify it but it is a fucking weird thing to say what? to someone who who and it is after she's murdered the yeah mother for of the sure 100 percent. so like 100 percent. What is it? I, um, I I actually i mean i must have missed this maybe six times what is the qualification for the so he says uh Next time, I can't remember how he puts it, but he's like, next time you see my baby, make sure you give him a kiss because he's the only reason you and your men are still alive uh, on this yeah, plane. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. yeah. Still, don't um, get a fucking murderer to kiss your baby. And don't it, ask a murderer to kiss your baby. Yeah. But yeah, speaking gross. of all the all the baby stuff and like uh, a lack of parenting knowledge, how fucking good is the Statham plane fight scene where he's got a baby in a best. bass in there and it's just the best punch dudes He's nailing and it and he's babies. giving he gives so many looks to the baby that are in terms of charisma light years beyond what Vin Diesel is capable of emoting. Yeah. Like it really, it really makes these movies work when you have someone that has his, like he can give looks to the baby that just, that just kill. And like, uh, and he's also great in action choreography. Like he looks great. He do, does like, look so absolutely. You believe he does all his own stuff. I mean, I don't know if it's true. Yeah. He does, but I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, it, like I, Vin Diesel was so worried about The Rock stealing this franchise from out under him. I think he needs to look after the silent threat, Jason, look out Statham. For Jason Statham. What a fucking coup it would be if this classic kind of, you know, like, I know it's a very international franchise, but at its core, it's a very American set of movies suddenly being under the stewardship of Jason Statham. Uh, what got, a delight that yeah, what a delight that would be. Um be so cool. To have Hollywood tough guy Jason Statham finally get a shot, a crack at the at the the, the big trophy. Um crack, yeah. a crack at the big wheel, that's what they call Maybe it. Maybe that's yeah. what the point of Hobson Shaw was. We all thought I thought it was to t- I haven't seen it, but just knowing it exists to test the waters of the rock leading the team from now on. But maybe they were testing the waters of Jason Statham. Yeah. Who knows? Um it's probably cheaper than The Rock, if I had to guess. I don't know how that oh, stuff works, yeah. but I'm betting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How do you guys feel about, you're in a very unique position. How do you guys feel about the way that that these films uh, handle the absence of, of Brian? Of of Brian's I, uh, performer, an odyssey of discovery. This this particular movie, because for some reason I thought that Paul Walker was only in like the first two movies, and uh, we had uh, our friend, friend of the podcast Joseph Moore on one of the episodes for this particular movie, and he said, "No, Brian's in seven. Yeah. and that to me that's like that's really whet my appetite for uh, for the seventh film, and all the way down from there. So it's sort of interesting because I do notice now when they say, like the the first introduction of Brian or acknowledgement of him is when they're they're up against and they're battling and one of them says we should, we could call Brian and Mia and mm. Michelle Rodriguez says no we can't bring them into no. this or something, but that so that's like the first acknowledgement that Brian is no longer part of the the family and the fans watching obviously know that's the first acknowledgement that Brian is is dead. I mean it well. It, feels, it isn't, it isn't, though. Well, not That's Brian Paul weird, Walker. I, dude, it's, yeah, to your direct question, Justin, I think it's fucking weird they bring him up. I think they did the perfect departure. I remember seeing uh, Seven at the cinema because I was like, this is the one where Paul Walker died, so this feels like a, you know, this is a big moment. I want to see this. And when he drives away into the sunset, I'm like, perfect. May That's he it. never be referenced yeah. again because this is a very tasteful mm. way to allow his character to exit. And then we've got fucking references to him maybe coming up later. And then in F9, his goddamn car pulls up to the final sequence when they're at the barbecue as if we're about to get a scene where we're going to see him. The dude passed away. It seems at a minimum deeply so disrespectful. Wild. And if not, just fucking awkward. Wow. Weird I don't treatment. Have the, yeah, I don't have the closeness to uh to Paul Walker that the these cats had so obviously there's some sort of internal rationale behind it because it feels extremely sweaty the first one like when they're like okay he we want to keep Brian and Mia out of this okay that's fine but then you don't invite him to the rooftop barbecue where you're rechristening, yeah. you're relaunching this baby as Brian. Like you're, you, you don't. Brian couldn't make it. It seems like Brian could swing by for that. Mister Nobody, who doesn't even have a name, gets an invite. They can get it, get to him to invite him to the barbecue. But, so Justin, uh, but Brian couldn't make it. How would you deal with that as a filmmaker? Like how would you, how would you show that? How would you put? Uh, I've forgotten what's his name. Like the character's name. Brian. 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 <laughs> Fucking hell. I am losing my mind. I need to go to bed. Um, how would you put Brian in that scene at the end? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> he's, I wouldn't. You have to put, like, he and me. But I, I, you know, I understand. I miss him when we're doing different crimes. But he loves researching the plant light of, of Antarctica. And that's his real passion. And it's a shame I'll never see him again. But what a sweet guy he is. If he has to stay alive, that's fine. But, like. 
it it just feels more maudlin in a way. Like it feel it feels weirdly like more unsettling. I feel like to try to like keep him alive yeah. within the franchise because it feels like, as you guys have has have alluded to, it feels like a contract negotiation tactic with God. Like if we tease it enough, <laughs> Paul Walker will just con- like it. Like you see that in other films where like, we'll keep him alive in case like his star falls and we can afford him again. As, right. This was, That's uh, not the case in no, this scenario. This is, this movie came out 2017, which I'm just doing approximate math. In my head it was around the time they launched the two park hologram at Coachella. So the executive <laughs> producers, they're running sums. They're saying we what need two, more movies spread across five, six years. We'll have the technology. Oh my god! Do you? I that, I would dude. not be surprised to see a digital representation of Brian appear. An FTN. An FTN percent. You know the oh, you know the man. trope in uh, political movies and TV shows where it's like you see the attack ad that they'll that they'll never run, but they keep it in like a locked drawer. Like put that away. Don't ever let yeah. it. I feel like Vin is doing that with every film. He's like hanging over some computer guy's shoulder. Like let's see it. Play the footage. Play the Brian oh footage. Let me see God. how it's looking. Like no, it's not time yet. It's not time. It's not. It's not ready. It would, it would not shock me if if the Fast and the Furious was the first movie franchise to start dealing with these legal ramifications of like an actor signing their character rights, mm. you know, in perpetuity, which does not end at their death. I mean, they it's did like, it with um, Princess like Leia, right? Character syndication inside of a, you know, like you, you can, you can. It's like uploading out. your consciousness yeah. to the cloud, but a way shittier it's version. It's interesting that you guys opened this conversation because I genuinely, I guess not having seen F7, I just didn't have that context for, like I, I didn't think twice about the acknowledgement of Brian in this. The only reference point I have from my own research is, and and just like that, when they kept getting carried to text Samantha in London, (laughs) and I found it so disrespectful. So I suppose this is like a worse version of that. And now I feel incensed. Um, It's it's not. I literally have to run it through the Sex and the City universe. The thing of it being about family is kind of a react. Like if my read on it is correct that is part of it but it really hits it after brian passes because it's like we have to make this about like it, it is about this group of people you have you can't exp- it used to be about the love between dom and brian right like that's really was at the core of it is that these two guys uh if you, you know, say so justin size it. yeah <laughs> trust me guys there. wait till you see it's it's really nice paul walker's also just a, a really fun uh, action movie presence who lightens things up a little bit. He's again more charismatic than than uh, uh, Vin. It's not exactly saying a lot. I'm Damn looking... you a faint praise, perhaps. I'm... Man, you're really anti Vin, huh, Justin? No, I'm pro. I'm pro Vin. I uh, I think that he's well. Exactly I want gr- you. I want you he's to say exactly two great nice at what things he does. about Vin Diesel. He's, what does he do? He is. He has been in. Uh, um, He's been in a lot of he, movies. He's been in a lot of movies. He does have the physicality that can kind of make you believe that he could flatten a room full of uh, full of people. Um, he also has a uh, he does. Speaking of someone who just watched Ant Man and Quantum Mania, where not a single person in that can deliver like a a, a hard action line. You know, like a let's get them without like it sounding really tinny. I think oh, no. Vin can sell lines 
that would in the mouths of others be preposterous, but things yeah. like yeah. you just yeah. took your foot foot off the tiger's neck, then has yeah. the, 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 the gravitas to sell something like that. I'm not sure anybody actually else in the in the franchise ever <laughs> could get away with even the rock. I don't think could get away with um, you took your foot off no, the tiger's I, neck. No, I think you're right. The Rock has his own versions of those lines that are within the pantheon of of his capabilities. But like, he right. says, uh, he says, he says some bitch twice in this so, movie, and yeah. he delivers on it. Crumpets drinking but, some bitch. You know some who really bitch, shocks that, me. That, that that hits a bit of a uh, for me. The, yeah, I, is, I love it, the rock, but even that's a little bit like mm, okay. It 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 there is an aftertaste to it for sure when you see it. But the person who I was shocked at, who I think can't deliver the lines, and I think this is just testament to how dog shit the dialogue written for this character is, is Charlize Theron. Like oh. the the things that they make Cipher say out loud in this movie really hit me. This watch, mm. it is. Wall to wall, very bad, very mm. bad dialogue, and I feel like she is trying. And they put b- big ass blonde <laughs> dreads on her. Like, it seems like someone hated Charlize Theron. Like, she angered someone in production, and they're exacting their revenge through this movie. I think, I think she's she's having fun. It's all nonsense. The lines are all nonsense. They're not set in reality. She pulls it the, off though. I've never noticed that. It, I've noticed the dialogue's bad. But only with repeated viewings. I've, it's never occurred to me that her performance is bad. It, it would never occur to me that I could notice Charlize Theron is doing bad acting in a Fast and the Furious film when there's so much <laughs> it's competition. Hard. It's hard. Ludacris is, I continue to take issue with him. The line, like, it just reeked of like the 10th read when he couldn't quite get it right. When Scott Eastwood, you know, little nobody says, uh, we're going to Russia, take whatever you want, the, all bets are off. Yeah. And, and then Ludacris then goes, all bets are off? Yeah. Or something? I'm like, that's me doing an offline <laughs> for someone else's audition. Um, it's so bad. Little Nobody is fun because uh, I, I, the first couple times I watched it, I couldn't figure out, like, what is this guy doing there? Like, I, at first I thought, like, maybe, like, he seems, like, just redundant with Kurt, right? Yeah. And, it, and it, at first I thought it was, like, a, again, like, maybe Kurt gets too expensive you got you got little nobody in the wings, you know what I mean? You you've established him a rapport. But I think it's so that they can continue to keep some sort of semblance of cred as anti-authority when they're like in a secret government <laughs> bunker. As they're not gonna challenge Kurt Russell. They all like Kurt Russell, right? So they yeah. can't be anti-authority with him. But if you have another level of authority between them, they can rag on that guy without that is, and still seem like I think that's like a, a genius take. As someone who's not yeah. smart, not seen the Paul Walker movies as well, I, he's spiritually keeping some of the Paul Walker juice alive as well, right? Like he was friends with Paul Walker, Who? Scott Eastwood. What the guy is who plays true? Little Nobody? Yeah, they were friends is he in real in life. The other movies? No, I don't know, but he's like he's. You can be oh, friends in real life. You're allowed to be friends with someone. You can be friends with any movie. Sorry, this is brand new information to me. Is this definitely they were friends? Yeah. How far out? Oh yeah. Did you? So did you know that that's Clint Eastwood's son, Justin? Uh, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't. It didn't do you like that information? Does that turn you on? <laughs> I don't know what to do with it, guys. <laughs> Clint Eastwood you had him when he was like fifty-eight. 
We looked it up a couple episodes ago. Fuck yeah. East, was... And Eastwood had him, which is so, I celebrate Clint. You know, that's a tough, yeah. that's a tough 10 months and uh, good on him exactly. for taking that yeah. on. And his age, especially. Carrying a baby to term is, is, is a yeah. challenge. I reckon he uh, he had one swimmer left, you know, like one, <laughs> one strong swimmer, chance. one real Which stoic Clint Eastwood, one real stoic swimmer who's like all of the other guys left. have expelled, and he's like, I'm waiting, I'm gonna get through, and he did, <laughs> and look at him, he's in a fucking Fast and the Furious movie. Hey Should guy, we, we gotta you, run a shining, got a shining light. Yeah. yeah, I do. I wrote it down. Oh, good for you on your script. It's part of the script. <laughs> yeah, it's all scripted. Uh, I mean, there, there were actually the the my genuine shining light was because uh, it came on the back of a line I don't think Statham nails, which is when he sees the rock in prison. And he goes, "There's X amount of challenge to get out. Better get to digging." And yeah. I just think I don't like that line. Yeah, I think you came around. No, 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 no I oh, didn't like it. it. But then the rock says something, and then it comes back to Statham. Well, it just shows you the rock's response, and then I just heard Statham under his breath throw out a wanker. <laughs> and I never, he doesn't do it under his breath because he does this. I, oh, he does I, the wanking well, motion with his hand when he says it. Because I'd never clocked it before. You know, it's like a nice little <laughs> new discovery. Yeah. Wanker. wanker. And I'm like, nice to hear the word wanker in the world. Always nice to hear the word wanker in a British accent. Like, literally yeah. born to do it. That's how it's meant to sound. Oh, man. My shining light is Guy Montgomery finding a Jason Statham moment as yeah. his shining light. They're fucking rules. Was, I'm Team Statham all the way i want to watch crank off the back of watching these movies so many times yeah i, love I want this. to go back through i want to see the transporter you know yeah maybe want to watch yeah stay for another 36 hours Pure do a, yeah do it in the in the spirit of crank do a statham marathon stay the day yeah and so you do it on saturdays you just watch you're, you're not allowed movie. to sleep until you've seen every single jason statham movie <laughs> I wonder how many there are probably not too there'll many. be a lot there'll be a lot um my shining light this doesn't quite count i guess this is also another it doesn't it, my first one didn't really count because it was my enjoyment of your shining light but i i've got to say watching the first bit of the movie with zoe was so nice to have someone oh, wow. there with me um who wasn't guy for a change <laughs> and yeah. uh well <laughs> it's so grim to watch the movie by yourself in bed and it was nice to have company for 20 minutes of that experience and then what happened she read a book um you and had, i put headphones, headphones on. in yeah uh so the the failure of Zoe to recognise that it was Charlize Theron after she took her sunglasses off fucking got me so when, good. When so Chelsea funny. saw Charlize Theron, she said, what year was, in the white dress, she said, what year was this movie made? And I said, 2017. And she said, Charlize. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tricky. Um, Justin, what do you want to see in this forthcoming F10? Let's sort of land oh, on this. Oh, boy. Um, do you I'd genuinely like... want to see Brian? No, God, yeah, please. Because <laughs> you, you brought it up. I like, uh, I actually like the um, big action, like uh, the spy, you know, James Bond mode of this franchise more than when they try to make it a bit more terrestrial. I feel like it kind of uh, uh, falls flat. Um, I like the big action, the big fight scenes too. I think the one in the prison. The world's weirdest prison (laughs) is like that. I like how I like moments in this franchise. And I hope for a lot of this in F10 when the strength of the characters, it was kind of like cats, 
how the cats get bigger or smaller depending on what the scene demands. The physical strength of these guys is kind of like that. They just kind of yeah, push up the sliders when they need to throw a man through four other men. Like, yeah, you know, he could. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes he can do that. Yeah, true. Uh, I, who? I, I mean, that. I know that they've released a trailer. But who's your dream villain? Because when you said James Bond, in my head immediately I thought of like, imagine if Pierce Brosnan was the bad guy. Oh, no, no. I would love it. No, no, no. That's no, of no. the world. No, he's too old now. He's taken his career in a kind of lovely um, Rialto direction where he's making films for 60-year-old couples to go and watch <laughs> when they, the kids have left home and they want a night out. Um, he's in a whole different space now. We haven't watched the trailer for the new one, Justin, and so don't. Oh, um, I, haven't wa- yeah, I haven't watched oh, it either. Haven't? Can we get t- can we get Tilda? Is Tilda available? Tilda I feel like Tilda great. could be a believable foe. Fuck yeah, I'd be all for that. That'd be great. Yeah. What, what Walter is- Goggins? What about Walter oh, Goggins? Oh, okay. Who's Walter? Goggins? Love to I'm see Walter Goggins. Excited to see Walter Goggins on screen. Walter yeah. Goggins. A- he's from Righteous Gemstones. Oh, which guy is he in there? Oh, he's, wait. I know who he is. The guy with the fake yeah, teeth. Yeah. He's the, yeah, yeah. That yeah. guy rules. He's, he's a God damn, that'd be excellent. He's a delight. Justin, I know it's time for you to go and um, tell people how to be a starfish and a sponge or, you know, something <laughs> yeah. to that effect. But it's been such a delight to have you and your genuine enthusiasm for this wait, movie. Was that on, on the record? Or is that going to no, make no, no, no sense? I'm directing SpongeBob uh, SquarePants the musical with my wife. So, so yeah, I am. I'm uh, headed out to rehearsal. Oh, so I got my wires it. crossed. I thought that was. Yeah, everyone, if you're in West Virginia, you know what you're doing this summer. Yeah. See it. <laughs> see it. See you soon. This summer. Later. Months away. It's not soon. Super pumped for that. Justin, thank you very much uh, for, oh, for guys, joining us such, and for watching the movie. I love you guys. It's, I, any, any excuse to talk to you. That's so uh, sweet. Yeah, and it, that is the only way in which we will ever talk is on the back end of watching a movie. In some instance, begrudgingly, or in this instance for you, Happily, you guys know you guys. We spent lovely couple days here in the mountain state. We had a lovely. Oh yeah, yeah. It was I a long still, time I ago. The, I keep that fit picture of you guys in front of Walmart. Each of you wearing your Marshall <laughs> Thundering <laughs> yeah. Herd caps. I keep that in my favorite, so it cycles through on my phone every that once in a while because I love so it. Nice. It's such joy. I, I will always remember playing flag football, a, a, a McElroy game of flag football on American Thanksgiving. I thought that was one of the coolest experiences that, of my life. I fucking loved that trip so much. Yeah. Going into Kentucky, watching the we Macy's guys Day Parade. Remember that? You guys yeah. made a Pavlova? Charlie yeah. still remembers that. Oh, man. Well, yeah. see you I want to come back. Well, okay. Come back whenever. Yeah, you're welcome whenever. Bring, Lots bring, of love. Bring the kids. Bring your wives. It'll be a great time. We had a guest room. Sounds we'll good. Um, I will right. bring Fast 3. We'll probably be up to it at that point in time. See you, oh, Justin. Uh, see Bye, y'all. Justin. <laughs> Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.